taken her first serious job with Monroe Associates. Even then, she'd been compelled to take classes in subjects ranging from anthropology to zoology. Wade had laughed at her, apparently intrigued and amused by her restless shuffling from course to course and job to job. She'd resigned from Monroe when she married him. Between her trust fund and Wade's income, she hadn't needed a job. She'd wanted to devote herself to the remodeling and redecorating of the townhouse they'd bought. She'd love every hour of stripping paint, sanding floors, hunting in dusty antique shops for just the right piece for just the right spot. Laboring in the tiny courtyard, scrubbing brick, digging weeds, and designing the formal English garden had been pure pleasure. Within a year, the townhouse had been a showplace, a testament to her taste and her effort and her patience. Now it was simply an asset that had been assessed and split between them. She had gone back to school, that academic haven where the real world could be pushed aside for a few hours every day. Now she worked part-time at the National Gallery, thanks to her art history courses. She didn't have to work, not for money. The trust fund from her paternal grandfather could keep her comfortable enough so that she could drift from interest to interest as she chose. So she was an independent woman. Young, she thought, and glancing over at the stack of mail. Single. Qualified to do a little of everything and a lot of nothing. The one thing she'd thought she'd excelled at, marriage, had been a dismal failure. She blew out a breath and approached the Belker table. She tapped her fingers against the legal packet. Long, narrow fingers that had received piano lessons, art lessons. Fingers that had learned to type, to cook gourmet meals, to program a computer. A very competent hand that had once worn a wedding ring. Kelsey passed over the thick envelope, ignoring the little voice that hissed the word coward inside her head. Instead, she picked up another, one with handwriting oddly like her own. It had the same bold, looping style, neat but a little flashy. Only mildly curious, she tore it open. Dear Kelsey, I realize you might be surprised to hear from me. She read on, the vague interest in her eyes turning to shock, the shock to disbelief. Then the disbelief turned into something almost like fear. It was an invitation from a dead woman, a dead woman who happened to be her mother. In times of crisis, Kelsey had always, for as long as she could remember, turned to one person. Her love for and trust in her father had been the one constant in her restless nature. He was always there for her, not so much a port in a storm, but a hand to hold until the storm was over. Her earliest memories were of him, his handsome, serious face, his gentle hands, his quiet, infinitely patient voice. She remembered him tying bows in her long, straight hair, brushing the pale blonde tresses while Bach or Mozart sang from the stereo. It was he who had kissed her childhood hurts better, who had taught her to read, to ride a bike, who had dried her tears. She adored him, was almost violently proud of his accomplishments as the chairman of the English department at Georgetown University. She hadn't been jealous when he'd married again. At eighteen, she'd been delighted that he'd finally found someone to love and share his life with. Kelsey had made room in her heart and home for Candace, and had been secretly proud of her maturity and altruism in accepting a stepmother and teenage stepbrother. Perhaps it had been easy because she knew deep in her heart that nothing and no one could alter the bond between herself and her father. Nothing and no one, she thought now, but the mother she'd thought was dead. 
The shock of betrayal was warring with a cold, stony rage as she fought her way through rush-hour traffic toward the lush, palatial estates in Potomac, Maryland. She'd rushed out of her apartment without her coat and had neglected to switch on the heater in her spitfire, but she didn't feel the chill of the February evening. Temper had whipped color into her face, adding a becoming rosy glow to the porcelain complexion, a snap to lake gray eyes. She drummed her fingers against the steering wheel as she waited for the light to change, as she willed it to change so she could hurry, hurry. Her mouth was clamped in a thin line that masked its lush generosity as she fought to keep her mind a blank. It wouldn't do to think now. No, it wouldn't do to think that her mother was alive, alive and living hardly an hour away in Virginia. It wouldn't do to think about that, or Kelsey might have started to scream. But her hands were beginning to tremble as she cruised down the majestically tree-lined street where she'd spent her childhood, as she pulled into the drive.